0: Well, it's good to see you here today. We're pretty light. We've got a number of people that's out sick, vacationing, and just don't want to get out on account of this virus. Uh, I've talked to a number of people this week. It's been a busy week. Uh, Had a funeral yesterday, you know, and I was thinking about that. Uh, Here in probably just a little over a month, We've had three funerals. You know, and I guess that is really a... It's just a hard, sad time that we go through when we lose a loved one and my heart aches for those that have lost their loved one. But you know, very fortunate, all that we lost view the Lord Jesus Christ just like that song I want to look upon his face many of them today that is what they're doing they're looking upon Jesus' face they're not sick anymore they're not hurting, there's no more pain there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow there's not going to be any more death they've been through it and we're still facing it but you know I think that that rapture is not that far off from what we read in God's word it's just right around the corner I hope everybody's ready and of course my sermon's not on this but uh, I've got a list in my office that I was looking over of people that are out Sick. I've got a list, probably got about ten people on it. Uh, We just need to keep the church in prayer. Just about all of one family, every one of them, Betty Luna, her sister Linelda Jones, her other sister Peggy Pryor, and her mom are all down. They're all sick. I've got... uh, Becky came in this morning. She's been at the hospital. Uh, they, they had to put uh, Jimmy's dad in the hospital. He's downtown. Uh, they found a mass in his lungs. Y'all keep him in prayer. They don't know for sure yet what it is. Uh, we got little Francis Howarth, 96 years old. We got grandma. They're not getting out. Uh, they are just a number of things. Ted and his family, they're out. Juanita, she's traveling back in today from Florida from vacation. But I mean, you know, it's just been one thing. Summertime is really a very hard time on the churches. Vacations, this, that. So y'all just keep the church in prayer. Keep the church family in prayer. And uh, we send out when they ask and request it we have what we call a prayer chain if you are not on this prayer chain and you would like to be what we do is we notify you when somebody calls us and lets us know they need prayer or whatever and then each person is called that's got their name on the prayer chain and you're notified so that you can pray for them if you're not on this prayer chain if you want to be on this prayer chain if you'll see Linda She'll put your name down and we'll get you on the prayer chain. They said when somebody calls and needs prayer, you will also be notified so you can pray. And I please, please, if if you put your name down and you're notified, please pray. It's not going to do no good if you don't pray. So if you would like to be put on it, then just let Linda know and we'll get your name on it. And uh, that just kind of keeps us in touch of what's going on. It may be some, some somebody you know. It may be somebody that you'd want to call, contact, talk to. Every time I get the, that opportunity, I'm in touch with who's ever sick. I can't go to the hospitals, but I can talk to them on the phone. And and sometimes I can go to their to their house, but I don't ever press that because it's some people right now just don't even want nobody around and I you know I don't blame them but uh, if they I will go with no problem at all and uh, so but anyway uh, y'all do keep the church in prayer and uh, we all need it we're going through a time right now Satan thinks he's got the upper hand but we got a God in total control so, but to what I wanted to do today, now, I may step on some toes. I wore my steel-toed shoes. <laughs> because I can, I mean, when I got to studying about this and reading on it, I'm, I'm going to be in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to be in the 32nd Psalm, and I'm just going to do verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5, this is about David. And it's about what David went through when he failed to confess his sin before God. David probably thought he got by with something. David didn't get by with anything. We're not going to get by with anything. The Bible says, be sure that your sin will find you out. God knows every sin that we commit, everything we do, and God has made a way for us to get rid of that sin out of our life so that we can be blessed. Many times you say, well, I'll pray about it later. You forget. But... uh Many of the theologians think that the 32nd Psalms and the, and the 51st psalms are the repentance prayers of David for his sin with Bathsheba and for what all that took place. Whether you realize it or not, when David sinned, he broke, if I counted it right, about six, maybe seven, of God's Ten Commandments. David knew better. David knew better. But yet, what was wrong with David? The same thing that's wrong with us. We're flesh. That's one thing I like about reading about David. David is just like me. He's flesh, he's blood, and he made mistakes. And I think, that, I think we all do. Why? Because we still have that, what we call a sin nature that's on the inside of us. That sin nature is still there. We have a sin nature and we have a spirit. And it's up to us to which one is in control. Your flesh wants to control Because it's always had control of you. Up until you came to Jesus Christ. Your your flesh nature does not want to give you up. But you need that sin nature to overrule the flesh nature. You need the spirit to overrule. And... uh, That's up to us. How do I get stronger in my spirit? By feeding it and feeding it the Word of God. We feed our spirit. And here, David, I'm just going to start out here in Psalms 32 verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Sin is simply transgression of God's law. We have broken God's law. We want to guess what God has said for us to do. And the guilt of sin, the guilt of sin, and we know we sin, will lay heavy Upon your conscience, this is what happened to David. It laid heavy upon God's conscience. How did it lay heavy on God's on David's conscience? Because God let it do it. He was going to make David. He loved David so much. You know, it's just like God said, "David, I love you, and I'm not going to leave you in the shape that you're in. You're going to go through a punishment." You're going to go through a trial until you do what's right and you ask me to forgive your sin. David went through quite a bit. We're going to see some of the things that David went through and I'll guarantee you what? If your sin and you don't confess it and it sits there and it lays there, you too will go through some of these things that David went through. Because you're just like David, God loves you so much that He don't want to see you perish. He don't want to see you separated from Him. God wants our relationship. He wants that time of spending together. Uh, Wednesday, I'm probably going to do something, and it's on prayer for Spotify. But you know, it talks about going into your secret closet or going to your closet. You know, it's not necessarily have to be a closet, but find you a place that you can get totally alone with God. Nobody bothers you. Nobody interrupts you. We all need that time. I know I need that time. I've got a spot that I go to. though so I can be alone with God. And that's what David needed to do. But David thought that God had forgot about his sin with Bathsheba. You know, when God puts this on our conscience, it's a heavy burden, it'll weight you down. It's a punishment, and it becomes painful. David was going through pain, David was going through suffering simply because he did not repent. But you know, God's forgiveness gods forgiveness is a removal of sin, guilt, and punishment. When we come before God and we sincerely seek God and we want God's forgiveness, God will forgive you. God's grace is greater than any sin that you can commit. You know, God sent His Son to take our sin off of us It was transferred to the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I've said before, Jesus took our sin and gave us His righteousness. He traded His righteousness to us for our sin. And that's what God sees in us. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God does not see our sin. He sees our righteousness. Not our righteousness, but the righteousness of His Son who died for our sins we receive Jesus Christ as righteousness and that's what God sees in us you know it, uh, it's, it, it, it's said up there that uh, whose sin is covered in this verse blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered or whose sin is forgiven, taken away so that God no longer sees it here in Psalms 85.3, it says, You, God, have taken away all your wrath. You have turned yourself from the fierceness of your anger. When God forgave our sin, he turned his wrath away from us. It says that we do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. Those who do not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, something happens to them and they go to hell. And it says that God's wrath abides on them forever. Because of their sin, not asking for forgiveness, not believing in His Son after all His Son went through, that God's wrath will abide upon them forever. I think that's in like John 3.36. But uh, it says that his wrath will abide forever. Uh, And I think about that. If David, after all he did, if David can say, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, how much more can we as a Christian say, blessed is my sin that has been abolished, completely done away with? We don't realize that when we come to God and we confess that sin, God takes that sin, erases it, he sees it no more, he don't remember it. Matter of fact, he says, I will not remember your sin anymore and I will cast it as far as the east is from the west. He takes that sin off of us. And if we don't get rid of that sin, I'm going to get to it here in just a minute, but it's going to show some of the things that David went through. Maybe some of you have gone through it. I'm going to tell you right now before I accepted Jesus Christ or in that period of time There's some things that I knew that I was being punished for because I didn't confess that sin. Here in Psalms 32:2, blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. The sinner who confesses his sin. Is blessed because sin is because there is like I said a while ago there is no sin beyond God's ability to forgive and God's grace. God forgive look at what what did God forgive David of? He forgave him a murder, adultery. He forgave him lies. He forgave him covetous. And you can just go on. Like I said, David broke about six or seven of the Ten Commandments. And David knew what those commandments were. He knew those commandments were from God. But yet, he let his flesh overwhelm him. He let his flesh be in charge of him instead of his spirit man. It is so easy because we have an enemy out there that is going to constantly lie to you, try to convince you that you're not worthy of God's love, you're not worthy of God's forgiveness. you're not worthy at all. And really, if it wasn't for God's love, his mercy, and his grace, we wouldn't be worthy. But when we accepted his son, he now sees our righteousness. He sees us as righteous because of His love, His mercy, and His grace and what His Son did for us on that cross. You know, like I said, He forgave David so much and in... when we confess our sin, we need to confess that sin from, from our heart. Not, oh, well, I guess I got caught. I guess I better confess. No, we need to confess because it's really eating at us and we know we're in the wrong and we know we need to come before God and confess that sin. And that's what David finally figured out. That he had to confess that sin. You know, God said that He forgives all. In in, in Psalms 103, verse 3, He says, God who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. He forgives all of our sin, but then He throws in a little extra. He says, and I'll heal your sickness. I'll heal you. That's God's love. That's God wanting to show us His love. But we have to want that love. We have to accept God as creator of all things. He is our Lord, our maker. And he's in charge of everything over us. And when we transgress God's law, which we all have, It said that, that, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm glad there is no law. If if we'll stop and think about something, the law has never been done away with. What did Jesus say? He said, I did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. He didn't come to do away with it. He came to fulfill it. Jesus Christ is the only man that ever fulfilled God's law. He's the only one that ever walked this earth and did not sin. He fulfilled God's law. And then the New Testament come into effect. God saw that we couldn't walk by that law. So now we walk by grace. We walk in our spirit serving God, believing in Jesus Christ, and having accepted Him. You don't really think about something. When you really have Christ on the inside of you, really and truly, you don't want to sin. You don't want to sin. If we could see sin like God sees sin, we wouldn't sin. Do you all realize how God sees sin? What it looks like to Him? God hates sin. And if we could see it as what God sees it, we wouldn't want to disappoint God. You know, man has been forgiven. We have been forgiven. And you know, we should be humble. We should be humble in our spirit. We should be thankful to God who forgives our sin. How many of us really think about what God has done? Do you ever just sit there and think and say, God, you have done so much for me. We have to stop and realize if God had not sent Jesus Christ to here on that cross, every single one of us would be destined for hell. Every one of us. But it's just like Jesus Christ came and He's sort of like Noah's ark. We get in that ark and we come out of the flood. We are saved. Just like Noah and his family. They stepped into the ark, they were saved. Jesus Christ becomes our ark. We accept him, get in him, and we are saved from the depths of hell. Here, it says, The man who is forgiven, like I said, should be humble and his spirit thankful for the Lord who forgives sin. In Romans 3.25, it's saying, Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Perpetuation simply means that Jesus was our atoning. He took our Sin. Probably an easier way to say it is that is that say Jesus paid for all of our penalty for all of our sin and our sin does not exist anymore. If we trust in him and his blood and what he did on that cross. He came to take away all of our sins. And then it talks about the love of Jesus. It says, in 1 John 4.10, it says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the perpetuation of our sins. Jesus came and took our sin. I'm going to get down here in verses 3 and 4. And in these verses right here, it's going to show us what David went through. He's going to show us what he went for. During this time, David had no fellowship with God. David was out of a relationship with God. And as long as David was silent about his sin, not confessing it, he had no relationship with God. And you know, in David's sin, David became physically ill from carrying the guilt of what he had done. His joy was gone, and it was replaced by bitterness, anger, pain, and sorrow. These are the descriptions of the physical effect of David's sin in his life here in Psalms 32 3. Listen to this one. This is David speaking. He said, when I kept silence, or I did not confess my sin, my bones waxed old. Or they grew like they were old. It's just kind of like if you've ever had arthritis or something like that, how your bones ache, hurt That's what David was going through. It was his whole body. His whole body was in ache, in pain. He was hurting. It was just like all the bones in him was growing old. And and they said they waxed old, which means grew like they were old. And he said, though my roaring, through my roaring all the day long, it didn't do no good. All his moaning, his crying, his begging, he still had pain because of unconfessed sin. He hurt. He was just literally sick. Physically. And And David went through all of this until God sent Nathan the prophet. David, like I said, he, he thought he got by with something. But David went through all of this until that day that Nathan the prophet came to David and looked at David. I just see Nathan right now, probably pointing his finger. David, you're that man I'm talking about. David realized that Nathan was talking about David, the things that David had done. If y'all read that story of David and, and about Nathan, Nathan came with a story about a man that had one, one little lamb, and it was a pet. His kids played with it. That lamb slept in the house. They fed that lamb. That lamb was very special to this family. And this rich man had just hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of sheep. He came to this one little poor man, and he took that man's little lamb, killed it, and served it to a friend that came to his house for, for dinner. He had all these lambs. What Nathan was getting at. David, you're a king. You could have had any of these. But you took this one little lamb, the only lamb that Uriah had, and you destroyed everything. David didn't realize. But you know, when Nathan told David about that lamb, you know what David's first response was? That man ought to be killed for what he did that's when Nathan pointed his finger at David he said David you are that man then David realized he was talking about what he had done to Uriah Uriah had one wife that he loved very much was Bathsheba and David took that woman from him just like that rich man come in and took that one little lamb. David realized this when David, when Nathan told David what it was, what happened, and he pointed at David and said, "David, thou art." David's sorrow was so great that it that it led to loud and passionate cries of groaning, and it did him no good. He hurt all over. He laid, he moaned, he groaned, he cried because of what he was going through. David was miserable. Couldn't sleep, couldn't eat until he confessed his sins and God forgave him. You know, when the heart is full of guilt, it'll make the body feel bad. Anybody ever had that guilt that you knew you was guilty of something and that was just on your mind, on your mind, you couldn't eat, you couldn't sleep? I think we've probably all been there at one time or another. That's what David was going through. He said all the roaring and the groaning all day long, it was just a lot of noise David was making. But one thing it didn't include, it didn't include David's confession of sin yet. David still hadn't confessed that sin. Sinful living brings sorrow and pain to the one who sins. Then we get down here to verse 32, 4. David's still speaking. David's still going through things. It says, for day and night, God, your hand was heavy upon me. God still had a heavy hand upon David because David still had confessed that sin. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. When he said your hand was heavy, David was calling that God's afflicting hand. God's hand of punishment until David would Repent. You know, the condition continued. This David's condition continued night and day without any pause. It was continuous. God was making sure David understood what was happening and what David was going to have to do. David said, my moisture is turning to the drought of summer. He's talking about the moisture. Do you realize your body has moisture all in it? David was saying... The moisture in my body is drying up like one of these stock ponds in the heat of summer. You've seen those stock ponds? All of a sudden they just get lower and lower and lower as you drive by one each day. David said that's what was going on in his body. The moisture in his body was leaving him. He was beginning to feel weak and sicker. David's body felt as if it was on fire with the wrath of God. Oh, David was going through some suffering. He was going through some misery. David was like this until he confessed his sin to God. The worst, do y'all realize God's worst punishment comes when he's trying to get us to repent? You ever go through something? And then when you finally, Lord, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. For Please forgive me. Then how everything seems to ease up? Because you confessed your sin. You confessed it to God. And then God starts taking away that pain. He starts receiving that confession. He listens to it. He hears it. You know, at first David... she she had, you know, as he said, at first the tears David shed were tears of sorrow for the problems that he was having. Not for the wrong that he had done. David was feeling so oh, Woe is me. Why is all this? David knew what was going on. But his problems was because he had not confessed sin. God's trying to get it across to us that he will not tolerate sin in our life. And you know, but he said that for the problem, he he was sorrowful and sorry for the problems he was going through. Not for the wrong that had caused the problems. He wasn't thinking about it like I said some of us do that same thing and here in Psalms 32 5 this is the key to God's forgiveness to restoring us back into a relationship with God bringing us back into the presence of God listen to what it says you've probably all read this David in fact, it, it's, it's really it's the only way to get right with God. Psalms 32, 5. And then David said, okay, this is what I did. I acknowledged my sin unto you. David said, Lord, I came to you. I acknowledged, I confessed my sin to you. And my iniquity I did not hide. When David came to God, he confessed his sin. David didn't leave nothing out. He confessed everything. Sometimes we want to confess sin, but we want to just not confess it all. That's not what David did. David had already been through too much. David knew, I have to confess everything. I've got to get rid of this sin if I want my relationship restored back with God. And that's the way we all are. If we want our relationship to be restored to God, we have to get rid of sin in our life. And then he goes on here and says, I said, this is David speaking, I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David said, I hid nothing. I confessed everything. Lord, I told you all. I told you what, everything that happened. Lord, I regret that. I am very sorry. David had been through so much, he knew that this here was the only way that he would be restored to God. That the sin would be wiped away. That he could get back into a relationship with God. He hid nothing. He tried to cover up nothing. He totally confessed everything. And the key was when David was confessing his sin, he confessed it with his heart. He confessed it. It didn't just go, well, what can I need to say to God? No, it was there. And when David started confessing, the way I I studied this and and, and read about it, it just poured out of David. It was just... David couldn't stop it. It just flowed and flowed and flowed. And it was so honest and so pure. God accepted it. He received it. He forgave David of his sin. True confession is what God wants. God doesn't want you to come to Him and, and, and try to fake something, He wants a true confession. God knows when you're telling the truth. Many people say, oh gosh, I hate to confess all that to God. It's so terrible. Well, honey, God already knows it anyway. That's why you're going through what you're going through. It's time to get out of it. It's time to get a relationship restored back to God. You get to that point where you just feel like, it don't even do any good to pray because God's not hearing me. If we're in sin, no, He's not hearing you. It says that God has to turn His face from sin. He does not hear you. You know what He hears? Father, I have sinned. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I made a mistake. When you ask God to forgive you, it comes from your heart. God hears that immediately. And He forgives you. He takes that sin, wads it up, throws it away, never to remember it again, or hold it against you, He don't even think about it. You've been freed of a sin that was just really tearing you apart. are you sure God would forgive me? well that's what his word says 1 John 1 9 and I've quoted this I don't know how many times that if we will confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness anything you have done it's gone when you confess it he marks it out throws it away Never to remember it again. The first step to forgiveness is confessing that you've committed the sin. Sometimes it's hard for us to acknowledge that we have committed the sin. We're embarrassed about it for one thing. We don't want to confess it. We don't want to admit it. But until you admit it and ask God to forgive you, you're going to, you're going to, that sin is going to cling to you. And it's going to be a separation between you and God. And you're wondering, well God, I've prayed and I've prayed. And I've seen nothing. I can just say, God, confess your sin. And I will forgive you. And I will answer your prayers. You want prayers answered? Make sure that your sin is gone. God hears your prayers when that sin is not blocking them. Sin blocks prayers to God. We have to get rid of it. We have to get rid of it. You know, the very best thing to to, to do is get the sin is get the sin out in the open. I mean, oh, I don't want nobody to know. I tell you what, until until one single person knows which is God, you're going to continue in that sin. That sin's going to get a hold of you, and you're going to suffer with it. Look how David suffered. Until he said, I acknowledge my sin before you, and my iniquity I did not hide. He didn't hide anything. Confessed his sin. God forgave him. God was restored back to God. That's what we have to do. If we want restoration back to God, confess that sin. Do not hide the fact you've sinned, but confess it in its fullness. And confess it with your heart, truly meaning it. God knows if you truly mean it. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And if you're here today, maybe there's just that little sin that, you know, you've confessed sin, you've asked God to come into your life, But maybe there's that one little sin that you held on to that you did not confess it. We need to get rid of it. You want your life in a relationship with God? God says sin has to be gone. Well, Bill, I don't I just don't know. I mean I, is God really that strict about sin? Yes, he is. He's that strict about sin. So what we hold on to hurts us and our relationship with God. So get rid of all sin, confess it to him, and he says that he was faithful and just to forgive you of that sin and then to cleanse you. From all unrighteousness that sin caused in your life. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive you. But you have to ask Him. You have to be honest with Him. And He will forgive you. If you're here today, if you have something going on in your life and you need to get rid of it, we have an altar up here. You can do it right there from your seat. Just it has to come from your heart. It can't come from well. I guess I better confess it, you know. And but you don't really want to do it. But you say, well, I guess I have to if I'm going. It has to come from the heart. It has to come from the heart. It has to be sincere. When you're sincere, then God is sincere with you.